All movements start with a question. Does the story I've been told still make sense to me? Or will I write my own? Join Tara and Joe as they question assumptions, think about ideas, and explore what it means to create your life from the inside out. All right, I'd like to welcome everyone to today's podcast. I am really excited to have this conversation. I have a guest on my podcast, and I have been reading through her book for the past couple months, she and a friend of hers, and I just feel like it's such a perfect book to bring to this audience. Here on this podcast, we talk about the chiropractic term of ADIO, which is living from above, down, inside, out, and really how that philosophy enters into different aspects of our life, how we connect with that innate intelligence from nature and being intentional. And so when I started reading this book called 12 Tiny Things, so many aspects of this I just connected with and fell in love with, and I'm excited to bring them to everyone who's listening. And so I'm on this podcast with Heidi Barr, one of the co-authors of the book, and she is an author of Woodland, now I'm going to pronounce it wrong here, Manitou? Manitou. Manitou. Okay. Manitou. Cold Spring Hallelujah, What Comes Next, and Prairie Grown, as well as the editor of The Mindful Kitchen, and now 12 Tiny Things, right? (laughs) Mm-hmm. And she works as a wellness coach at Noom Incorporated and occasionally coordinates with yoga teachers in organic farms to offer retreat experiences and has a commitment to cultivating ways of being that are life-giving and sustainable for people, communities, and the planet. And all of this provides the foundation for her work. And I'm just, it's funny because I just happened to find you on Instagram. Someone mm-hmm. had talked about the book and it popped up and it caught my attention, especially the simple ways to live a more intentional life. And so since then I started following you and we've just had a few little communications, but I'm pretty sure I like love and comment on almost everything you post now. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, yes. And this, and I love this. <laughs> so I really appreciate you taking some time to talk with me and talk about this book. Yeah, so, um, so do you, I, ha- I definitely have some questions, but mm-hmm. do you want to share a little bit about just the story of how the book came to be and what it was like to work with Ellie in, in collaborating on this project? Yeah, absolutely. And I have to say, before I get into that, I love your the philosophy you shared above, down, inside, out. I'm sure you talk about that all the time because yes. that's your thing, but that fits so well with 12 Tiny Things. I was like, wow, that's mm-hmm. like what the book is about, you know, the roots yes. and looking <laughs> up and it's all the things. So we can get more into that later, but just wanted to say that up front. Yes. Um, so let's see. So Ellie and I have known each other for you know, probably about 20 years, our Ellie went to college with my husband. So that's how I got to know her initially. And we both ended up being writers. 
and we about oh I don't know how many years ago now maybe six or seven years ago we were part of a collective blog where it was about five women who started writing about uh, just simple living the concept of okay what is enough when it comes to all these different topics of life um, and we just all contributed a blog here or there to this collective website and you know it was really a life-giving exercise and lots of great conversations to and that blog eventually came to its natural end, as most things tend to do eventually. And Ellen mm -hmm. and I wanted to keep talking about this stuff. So we sat down and continued mulling over these ideas and the, the kind of the philosophy behind 12 rose out of that. And we decided to open up the Facebook group and get some people talking more about these things and um, kind of took it from there and ran with it. So that's how it started. Uh, it was a blog, some ideas, and then we sat down and started kind of honing those and making them more specific. Uh, I was just going to ask, like, how did you sort of bring that down to 12? Like, how, right. how did that process <laughs> like yeah. where did 12 come from just like what of course we could have picked like, a whole, we picked a whole bunch of things right <laughs> there's lots yeah. of lots of options out there in the world um, but we landed on the 12 that we did just because we felt okay these are 12 areas that most people think about in some way you know pretty mm -hmm. regularly like home and food and um, work you know those are pretty common denominators for most humans um, the few yeah. that were a little bit like, well, this might be a reach for some people were things like style or sensuality. You know, those are things that everyone mm -hmm. does have in their life, even if they don't think about it regularly, though. So, um, right. yeah, we just kind of picked some, we landed on those 12 and, um, and there are some other ideas that get worked in with those kind of those 12 themes as well. So. Yeah, we could have gone some different directions, but I, I think we landed on some, you know, the, the themes that ended up working pretty well. Yeah, well, and, and I love they wove together, like as you as you read the book, there's there's pieces that connect back to other pieces, which is our life, right? We can't, mm -hmm. <laughs> it, right. it's not like we can separate things into these separate little categories, but there was just yeah. a, a lot of um, you know, kind of overlapping and returning to certain themes that I really, I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. And, you so know, the idea of the book is that you're, you know, you're cultivating a foundation of tiny practices. So these are, yeah, yeah, just kind of some of those those big picture ideas that you can start to really look at more closely in your own life and think, okay, what is it about home that I need to really focus on? I love that. Um, so much of what we talk about in this podcast is really that idea of, of taking a closer look, right? Of just stopping and pausing and recognizing, oh, this, this could, there could be something here, whether good or bad, or just trying to, to figure out like, why is this important or how do I want it to look? And, mm -hmm. and I think in our, our society of rushing to this and going to that, we, we so often don't take that time. And I, I really, I felt like this book is an invitation to pause mm, and really yeah. think about those things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which, 
I wanted to ask more about that initial group and that question of what is enough because wow, like what a question to pause and ponder. (laughs) I can imagine. Yeah. Um, How did, like, how, how did that even come about? Like where is it, was it 12 women? No. It was just five of us at the very beginning. Five of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And who started that conversation and what did it, how did it, kind of come together yeah. in that small yeah. community it was you know I think um there was another woman Susan and she was kind of the oh I'm trying to remember it's been so long since it actually started I think somebody had an idea and then Ellie's a doer so she's like okay let's figure out how we're gonna make something out of these ideas and then somehow I came into that conversation as another writer who thought about these things. And then I think we, mm-hmm. we invited a couple other people who we thought might be interested in mulling, mulling over these kind of these big ideas. Um, and so enough was, you know, it was an exploration of contentment of what is enough self-compassion? What is enough um, conviction, common sense, kind of that exploration of less is more. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, huge ideas, but. <laughs> Um, it, it gave us a lot to, to think about and talk about. Yeah. How, how long did that conversation go on? I mean, I, I feel like it's still going on in your book because right. you, you connect to that, but, but how yeah. long did that group continue to talk about uh, those things? You know, I think it was at least a couple of years of kind of people posting pretty regularly on the blog. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we would get together for coffee when that was this thing that was done. <laughs> Still. <laughs> um, and kind of group meals and, and that kind of thing, just to have the face-to-face time as well, which was which was really nice. Nice. I do have my tea right now. I'm drinking tea while we're talking. Excellent. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like studying out on like I, I know I haven't met you, but I feel like, you know, it's it's a little bit like going to tea with a friend and, yeah. and uh just talking about these cool things um did you find did did many of the participants like did you make changes based on that question like did you find yourself looking at things differently and and actually making changes in your life or were there any monumental I, I think so you know some of the conversations were based off of things we were already doing um but we each brought something different you know, a different lens to the, to the conversation. So one woman would say, you know, I'm, I'm trying this thing in my life, or this is how I approach, you know, this idea. And maybe somebody else would be like, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, and yeah, um, for example, like I live out in a rural area and one of the other women lived in an urban area and she was trying to, you know, not go outside of her like immediate neighborhood for a whole year. Like that was her approach to this thing to see if what her immediate community could offer, if that was enough. Um, so that was yeah. kind of her way of approaching this. Um, and so our experiences were very different because I like not having a car, that would not work for me because <laughs> it would take me sure. forever to get anywhere on a bike. And I had a baby at the time. So yeah. that's just not going to work. 
Oh, but she, you know, she didn't use a yes, car I, for weeks at a time. She just walked everywhere. Um, so it was really interesting to hear the that, different perspectives. That is really interesting. Yeah, we we're rural as well, so I could see how that would pose an issue. Not if we chose <laughs> to try to stay in a certain yeah. <laughs> mile radius. But it was a really cool yeah. way to to think about it in that, okay, for this person, this is enough. And for this other person, it wasn't. So it's like this, mm -hmm. this question, it shifts based on your life circumstance, where you live, you know, who your family is, all, all the different things. So. Mm -hmm. And recognizing that everyone's story is going to, yeah, that it's going to be completely different mm -hmm. at different life stages at different times. Yeah. that shifting conversation. Yeah. And I think that, and you know, those initial conversations were really rooted in the belief that, okay, who we are as women, as people, that is enough right now, even if we don't make any changes. So we were trying to live mm -hmm. from that kind of that really deep self-compassion and self-acceptance, and then letting that be our kind of our grounding point to like, do some of these explorations. I love that. I was with a group of women yesterday. We were at, we were at a playground and our kids were playing and the conversation got really, it, it got really interesting for a little bit. And we were, I realized it was talking about some of these themes, like the, as we get older and we start to think about these things and just this thought of like, you know, what, well, to give you some background. So everyone was talking about how they thought their lives were going in a certain direction, right? Like you had this idea out of college, this is what I'm going to do. And this is, you know, and, and how for all of us, it had shifted, it had changed, right? What was enough at one time was had, had shifted. And we were talking about like, you know, what, what were we chasing? And in why were we chasing it? And how much different our contentment, or our understanding of what we want is now compared to where we were. Right. And, and I really connected with, there was, um, a part in the book, I think it's, no, I didn't, I don't know if I wrote down which chapter I, I have it under the home here, mm -hmm. but it was like, as we age, so often we get sucked into the cultural story of lack and scarcity, mm -hmm. but, and, and that was like part of your, part of your chapter, but that, you know, through these explorations and these ideas, like we get to evolve and change and if we stop and take a look at that and ask like is that is that really true mm -hmm. but in fact you know are we actually surrounded by abundance oh I think it must have been in the nature chapter because then it was you know what if our gratitude came from the assumption that there could have been nothing mm -hmm. and I think you were writing about how much abundance sort of surrounds us all yeah. the time in nature and and the trees and the plants and, and your garden and, and all of these things. And when we stop and really think about those things, there's, there's so much at play here in this book. I realize yeah. now with this question, it's not even a question. I'm just like, Oh, yeah. all of these things were so interesting to me to really stop and think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those things that you were just talking about that comes out in the home chapter and the nature chapter too. I think it's one of those that they definitely weave together. We talk a lot about, looking for wonder, you know, out in nature, in, in the nature yes. chapter. And then the invitation in the home chapter is that invitation to gratitude and looking for 
you yes. know, the things that you appreciate about your current, you know, your current home, living situation, all that stuff. Um, and that was, um, sometimes we get asked, okay, what was the hardest chapter to write of, of the book? And sometimes I think, like, I, I went into the project thinking, oh, I got home, I got nature, those are going to be the easy ones. Home <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. ended up being a tough, a tough one. You, you know, I thought it was going to be easy to write about because I generally like where I live and I'm a nature loving person. It's always been a big part of who I am. Um, but they, they were, they had their challenging aspects, I think, and partly because when writing this, the, the home chapter in particular, you know, there was, a, there's a lot of stuff swirling around in society and, you know, violence and, you know, mm-hmm. just all the things that are going on. And then there were all these things breaking <laughs> on the actual house that I was yeah. living in. Um, so I had to really dig yeah. to figure out, okay, there's all these messes, but there is still good stuff next to them. You know, the gratitude's not going to fix mm-hmm. what's wrong, but they can exist side by side. So, and that's certainly an ongoing challenge to remember that. Yeah. Um, the, there was a, I have your book right here because there was a quote that you had. It may have been in the home chapter it was the idea that okay no oh yes it was at the end of the home chapter by joanna macy Mm -hmm. for the great open secret is this gratitude is not dependent on our external circumstances Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) and it can can sure feel like (laughs) it is sometimes like oh what do i have yeah however I, i mean i remember when i started keeping my gratitude journal and it was when mm-hmm. I, um, so my nine-year-old was a baby, you know, she was like nine months old and she was like, I'm not going to sleep. Yeah, right. Sleeping. What's that? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was exhausted all the time. Um, and I was working full time also. Um, so I was like, I got to do something to get through this period. And I, somebody suggested, or I read it somewhere about keeping a gratitude journal. So I just started jotting, mm-hmm. jotting these random things down and it ended up being enough. There's that word again, <laughs> to kind of pull me yes. out, of the, out of the, I don't know, the lament that I was, that I was going through. Do you have a particular practice? Do you keep it with you and, and write in it throughout the day? Do you do it? in the evening, in the morning? Is there? Uh, yeah, at that time I was doing it in the evening. Um, just it was kind of a mm-hmm. wind down practice. And I, over the, you know, the last several years, I kind of, I do it and then I put it down for a while and then I pick it up again. So I, I haven't been as consistent as I was in those early years. Um, but I try to, I, yeah, I, I try to at least think about, okay, what, what is so good about today? And I do, I do still journal pretty regularly as well, but I don't, I, right now it's not a specific time during the day. It's kind of a, Ooh, this was, I better write this down so I don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> I, I too, I, I, I'm not as consistent as I have been in certain times, but I do find it to be a really nice practice mm-hmm. at the end of the day to, re- to 
you know, our, our days can move so fast yeah. to just stop and take a moment and recognize all that had happened and, and all to be, all that can be appreciated. And, mm-hmm. and every so time I, I you know, it's do easy. it again, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's why I did this. <laughs> you know, even uh, I think yeah. sometimes with people who write, you know, this is not necessarily a self-help book, but sometimes it's kind of filed under self-help because it's, personal development kind of themes and I think sometimes the misconception mm-hmm. is that people who write these kind of books they're doing all the things all the time <laughs> but we're not doing all the things right. all the time you know we're definitely <laughs> co-travelers in this, this living experiment well and, and I definitely yeah I definitely got the sense of that in I mean there's a there's 12 tiny things but then there's many many things within those 12 tiny mm-hmm. things um, in your book. So, you know, I love that it was a a compilation of, of different ideas and different ways in. Mm -hmm. So depending on where someone is and and where, what, what is connecting with them and their particular circumstance, there's, there's something there in each of the 12 themes. Mm -hmm. Um, that being said, like, is there, like, do you, do you keep it next to you yeah. so you can refer to like new ideas? Cause I'd be, yeah, right. cause I'd be like, Oh wait, I really need to work on this. Let me open up my book and, yeah. and, and see what was recommended. Yeah. Uh, um, I should keep it closer to me. I do. Ha- I do pick it up pretty regularly and actually, you know, it's, so it's been out for about four months now. So hearing from people who have read the book and the things that they have tried, that's been really cool to, you know, to just hear and some of their ideas that aren't even in the book, the things that they have tried. So it's just kind of a, kind of a jumping off point, I think, for for many folks. And I know that the one that seems to resonate with people, I think almost everybody says something about looking all the way up. Like there's something about that one that people are like, oh yes, that is what I need to do. (laughs) Or they try it and they're like, I haven't even doing that before. Oh, I just, I just got chills when you said that, because I, I, it's interesting the, toward the end, because so much of what you talk about in here is rooting, right? Rooting with, in, in the ground and rooting in our, uh, in these different ideas. And I think Ellie is the one to say, like, she, she was working, you know, working with a a Rolf, a Rolfer, right? And her feet were very tense, but she, she tended to be very rooted, but the woman she was working with reminded her that she also needs to, to look up and, and extend mm-hmm. upward as well. Yeah. And I thought that was such a, that was such a great idea and metaphor and concept for this. Cause yes, we do need to root, but we also need to right. extend. And the community chapter, I think had a great balance of that too, where it's like, we tend to look and especially in personal development, we're always looking at ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And saying, okay, what can we do better? What can we do better? But the reminder that we are connected to others mm-hmm. and that that is very important to us. There's always this balance, right? Between rooted and looking up and yeah. then inward work and connection with yeah, others. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> crosses these, balance, these balances. What are, are there, so the looking up is, is something that has struck people. Is there anything else that you, that you're at the top of your mind that you're like, Oh, this, this has come up or this is really interesting since talking to people who have read it. And I've heard from several folks just making a point to go outside. Um, 
even if it's for a very short mm -hmm. amount of time, that tends to make a difference for people. And just always going back to breathing, you know, that's something that you literally have to do. <laughs> so it's always immediately yeah. accessible. Um, so I think that's also been, been an important thing for folks to remember. And it, it you know, it's so basic, but it's yeah. also something that you can forget about pretty easily as well, because it's so essential, which sounds weird to say, but <laughs> it's like when people <laughs> don't think about their food, you know, for example, I'm a health coach. So a lot of times people, they eat what they grab and, you know, you don't give it, give it a passing thought and then don't realize why you feel so bad. Um, it be like mm -hmm. breathing as well if you don't pay attention to it with regularly or intentionally tune in then yeah basically it just makes a difference when you do it helps you to, to feel more grounded yes I am um, it's that pause it's that pause and that well like you said that intention I have a I have a background in martial arts I've been doing martial arts since I was like four years old and so breathing was always a part of it. And I know you work with, with yoga teachers and mm -hmm. things like that too. So that, that breath becomes really important, but I never, I never realized because I just grew up with it. Like we would always talk about breathing deep and breathing into, I mean, we, we call it something different, but like our lower mm -hmm. abdomen, right? So that deep breath, that diaphragmatic breathing and how many people really are just chest right. breathing and that surface mm -hmm. breathing very bring more attention to a situation and, and you're not actually getting that full breath. So breath can be very powerful as simple as yeah. it is. You're right. Like just to, to tune into that. Definitely. You know, especially when things are so overwhelming, you know, the pandemic and just all the stuff people are, everybody, when Ellie and I were writing this book, even before the pandemic, we're overwhelmed. You know, it's just the culture we live in right now because mm -hmm. people are experiencing overwhelm on a pretty regular basis. Just simplifying yes. it down to something that's so basic that was like a relief, I think, for, for folks. Yeah, there's definitely a lot coming at us all the time. Um, I'm curious if that is that part of why you don't yet have a smartphone? <laughs> I, you know, I think so. Um, yeah, my smartphone resistance is, it's, mm -hmm. it's a combination of things. I think it's partially just seeing how long I can hold out, <laughs> be like, okay, I'm not going <laughs> to do this yet. Um, and partially I'm afraid well, it's that your it's own enough. To, there's a little fear in there, you know, afraid if I get one, then I will yeah. be on it all the time. You know, yeah. there's a little bit of that. Um, so it's a boundary that I'm holding for myself um, and yeah, yeah I don't want to become I just don't want it to hijack my attention as I know they can <laughs> and you know it's possible to use a smartphone oh, yeah, for sure. you know in a different way too but I haven't haven't decided to give it a shot yet I, I just realized it's your, uh, that's part of your own enough mm -hmm. experiment, right? Like how long can I yeah. hold out? Is it enough to not have one? I love that. I, um, it takes a lot of intention to use it and not have it be yeah. <laughs> like, not have it. Oh, use you. Yeah. Um, and when, when we were corresponding, I think I joked with you, I was like, Oh gosh, I admire that so much. I, I often think about getting getting rid of mine but it's 
once you've, once you've gone that route. So I understand that fear because once you step into that world, it's very hard to back out of it. I mean, look, we're recording right now on right. my smartphone. Like I don't, yeah. <laughs> I know there are other ways around it, but it's so darn yeah. convenient. Um, but I, I, it is a, it is a balance that takes a lot of energy and intention when I, I will recognize when I'm on it. I actually, there's an app I have. So that will, I, I tell it what my limits are for certain apps that I have a tendency to just, you know, you just scroll or get sucked Mm -hmm. into. And so I love that it will pop up and be like, Hey, this is the amount of time that you said you wanted to spend like time to turn it off. And, And, but it's, it's crazy that I, I yeah. have to do that. If I just didn't right. have a smartphone, I would just not do that. Yeah, I mean, it so, is a constant. So I, I think, you know, that, I, like I work like where I work Noom, it's an app. Like I literally work for an app. <laughs> so right. um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a job so like a day job if I, mm-hmm. if it weren't for smartphones. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a right. scared place. to be. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how long I stay here. <laughs> Oh, there's so many, so many interesting things in our world, right? So funny. Um, So what is, is there a small thing, one of your 12 small things that you tend to return to or that has made the most difference Mm -hmm. in your life? Like what is the most, what is the most impactful chapter for you? Going outside, I always come back to that that's always been my, my thing, you know, my, my husband would be like, if I'm feeling a little off, he's like, have you gone outside yet today? Usually I'm like, oh, I have not. (laughs) Let me do that. Um, It always makes me feel better. You know, it's never not the right choice to at least step outside. Right. So I would say that's probably one of my essentials. Um, my other one is the drinking of the water first thing in the morning before coffee. That's, mm. you know, and that's one of those tiny things, very tiny, but I notice when I don't do it. Yeah. When you, so going outside, I, I picture, cause you described your childhood. I picture it being like you said, like it's, it's very balancing for you, but I imagine part of that has to do with coming from your, your childhood and having spent so much time outside. Can you like, all right, your father built his own passive solar home, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) You were talking about that. So I, I read that and I was like, oh my gosh, when I was in high school, I took a class I think it was called earth science. It was the class that you took if you didn't want to Uh, dissect animals and it was like, for the most part, there was not really a whole lot happening in that class, except one day, the one thing I remember, the teacher showed this documentary and gave us handouts on these passive solar structures, like these passive solar homes. And I remember just being so fascinated that we had, we had this understanding of like how to really work with nature and that we weren't, we weren't really doing anything <laughs> like, like in a societal sense. Like we weren't, we weren't saying like, Oh, this would be a much more right. sustainable way. But can you, can you describe a little bit about like that? I, I, I mean, your father is like a, 
I, I picture him yeah. as like a pioneer, <laughs> like bouncing. Yeah, I mean, um, what was I, that? I, like? I loved growing up where I did. Yeah, not at the time, always. You know, as I was, when I was a teenager, I was like, why do we live so far out of town? <laughs> I just I wanted to be in town where right. my friends were. So I definitely had that period of time growing up. Sure. Um, but, but as a little kid, yeah, it <laughs> was like the normal, I didn't know any different, you know, the normal thing was to go play outside. And part of it is because of the era I grew mm-hmm. up in, you know, I'm, I'll be 41 this year. So I grew up in the eighties, you know, going outside was the best option. Mm-hmm. Like we had three channels on the TV. That was it. Yeah. Um, their video mm-hmm. games weren't really a thing. And no, and no cartoons, no cartoons right. until Saturday morning. You would get up and there'd be those lines on the TV <laughs> while you waited for them to start. <laughs> yep. Yeah, totally. So, and my parents had a big garden um, and I, you know, it, it was a privilege to grow up where I did as well. You know, I have to acknowledge that, um, you know, not every kid has that experience um, to have access to all that mm-hmm. open space and, you know, safety and roaming you know, wherever I wanted to go. Um, but yes, yeah, it was, it was a great way to, to grow up and just kind of absorb that into, into my way of, of being in the world. Do you feel like that's part of why it recharges you or reconnects you every time you're able to go outside? Yep. And that it, it's just always been there for me. Um, but I think it's bigger than that too, because people who live in the city, they experience the same benefits from going outside. Mm -hmm. So I can remember I led a retreat, you know, years ago now at a a farm close to where I live now in Minnesota. And she lived, you know, in downtown, like high rise kind of downtown area in the city. And she was skeptical about coming out to this farm and spending a weekend, you know, kind of roughing it. But at the end of the weekend, she was like, I don't want to go back. <laughs> you know, it was, it was life giving. Oh, yeah. And um, she got so much out of it. Um, and I always say to folks who are living in the city, that's where the looking all the way up comes in. Even if you're surrounded by concrete, the sky is still there. Mm-hmm. You know, you can still look up and have that wildness. It's still there. That's accessible. I love that tip because I think it's, I, I, let's see where I've lived in the city for short bursts of my life, but for the most part, I've always had access to nature and it hasn't, I find it hard to think like, oh my gosh, surrounded by concrete, but you're right. Like it's, it is there and it's there in the cracks of the sidewalk where the weeds are getting through and there's there's always places or think of the peregrine falcons that are living on the skyscrapers of New York city buildings, right? Like there's finds a way to exist even when we try to pave it over. I actually write about that in the preface of Woodland Manitou, one of my earlier books. The preface is about when I was living in the Mm -hmm. middle of a city, you know, in a very urban environment and how connecting with nature was still it like what it's what kept me going those those years when I lived in the middle of the city going out I was running was was what I did to kind of connect with the outdoor area and the, and the urban neighborhood so yeah so even yeah. when I've lived in the city it's still been my thing 
Still mm-hmm. been part of it. Yeah. There, well, and, and you, in the nature chapter, you talk about, you know, we are, we are nature and the, the last podcast my husband and I put out, we, mm-hmm. we talked all about nature and we realized for both of us, how, how many life-giving and, and amazing moments we've sort of had because of nature, but it's, it's very, um, I lost my train of thought. I think (laughs) the, oh, that, that we are part of it. Right. And we, so, we so quickly forget that we are, we are part of that wildness. And, and I talked a little bit about how just connecting with that, you know, placing our hands on a tree trunk, or if we can take off our shoes and just set them in the ground for a little bit, like there's, there's a connection there that we Mm -hmm. also need that we don't always have so that looking up that you mentioned yeah it's definitely an essential thing you know reconnect because I mean humans are we're animals you know (laughs) we might be evolved animals but we're still you know we're part of the the ecosystem yes I just I, I hope that we can I feel like those of us who spend that time to really think about that and sort of be more introspective, like we're, we're trying to figure out that enough Mm -hmm. and that balance, right. It comes back to that again, but I I hope that we can learn to respect it more and seek to understand it more. Um, There's so much, there's so much incredible things going on that we're just not even aware of. I talk about this, I've been talking about this often because I, my mind is just like so amazed by it, but I've been learning all of these different things about plants mm-hmm. and plant communication and how trees are, are they're communicating right. like under the ground and they're, they're part of like, they, they have all of these senses. There's a, a book called simple, is it simple green, um, Dr. Stefano. I'm going to forget it now. He's an Italian doctor. I'll put it in the notes, but he, he has studied plants and plant life and, and all of these amazing things. And basically they have all this, the sensory information going on. We just aren't as humans. We're just in a different, we have different senses and different ways of communication that we don't notice it, but that the plant life is also communicating and protecting the younger plants and sending nutrients and, and doing different things and communicating Mm -hmm. about pests. And I'm like, Oh, like if we could just understand how wise it is and then that we are a part of it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, and we get to like, we get to be a part of it and not trying to, um, you know, subdue it or ignore it or all of those things. And it's, uh, so wonderful to realize that we are also wild. I like worked for too. several years with um, organization and they call themselves We Are Wildness. You might be familiar with them already, but mm. you know, their whole philosophy was to help people understand and just get them outside so you can kind of fall in love with this wild world that we have. And because you are appreciating and you know, you enjoy yourself when you're outside, you're more likely to take action to take care of this, this earth that we, that we call home. 
Yes. Yeah, I think having this very experiences for sure, it, it helps us understand like, you know, wanting to protect that for ourselves and future generations. I've not heard we are of we yeah, are, we are wildness. I have to I will go they have a big up. kind of Facebook presence as well. There is I, I there's a there's a group that I've been following and, and sort of intentionally participating in. So similar in the idea of like getting people outside. It's oh, called yeah. 1000 hours outside. Mm -hmm. And and especially with, with kids, one of the statistics that really struck me was just mm, how much yeah. screen time, so back to that smartphone, how much screen time children are spending, mine, mine are not on smartphones, and I hope to resist that for yeah. them for a very long time, um, but just just the amount of hours. And then this year, <clears throat> when I think about this year and, you know, a lot of the schools that have been doing virtually and, and in front of screens for quite a long, mm -hmm. quite many hours and the amount of unstructured natural play that has not been happening, just experiencing that wildness and that natural curiosity and getting outside. And, and uh, so I find that to be really the 1000 hours outside I've found it to be a, a good way to just be intentional about it. I don't know that we'll make yeah. the 1000 hour goal, but just trying to be like, all right, let's, let's really try to do that. Yesterday we, we homeschool. So we have the flexibility to do this. And I, we spent five hours at our state park yesterday and we went on a little walk and then we met up with some yeah. friends at the playground that I had mentioned. And then we went to another little spot at the park mm -hmm. and it was just mm -hmm. such a beautiful day. Yeah can't be every day, but it was just, it was really, it was really a fun time. And at first mm. my kids were very yeah. resistant. Like, I don't, you know, like I'm really going to go. This sounds like a long, you know, long time. I don't really want to do it. And it was, an, it was amazing that it did not take long. All of a sudden we're looking for, I actually, I didn't realize that at the time I was like, let's look for right. the tiny things that no one will notice. And all of a sudden they're like, they're looking at, like, they're yeah. looking for these tiny little flowers. They're like, what about this plant? And look at this is budding. And it just took that moment of curiosity and excitement. And then not too much longer there the, later, they're yeah. like, this is so fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, my daughter and I win. had that very similar <laughs> experience this last, it was Saturday or Sunday. Like she, mm -hmm. I was like, let's go for a hike. And she just she was like, oh, I don't really want to go. Cause it was kind of cold and dreary outside. But we eventually got to the trailhead and like there were some cool little streams running through and the skunk cabbage was just coming up and it's in this cool little stage. It look really weird right when they're coming up. So, um, and she just loved it. You know, we could just see her, her eyes were just lighting up and she was just marveling. She's like, oh, it's so beautiful. Yes. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> Oh, it was just yes. it was great. So yeah, just and it's like that with a lot of these yes. tiny things too. It's like kind of like, oh, it's not really worth it and you know, put the effort forth. But then you do it and you're like, oh yeah, that is why I give it a little effort or put a little more intentionality behind doing this. Yeah. And and I think you say somewhere in the creativity creativity chapter, it's like you know, sometimes mm -hmm. the hardest part yeah. is just beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Just 
just to start momentum going can be the, the hardest part yeah all right so i'm curious for, for you what are what are some of the tiny things that you took away or that you've been trying on ah uh, so the i don't know it's funny because I, I i wrote down a couple this morning and there's one that i've been doing and i have no idea what chapter it's from but it's i've been really trying to have more reverence mm, yeah. in my day like that that those moments that i realize are are fleeting or or passing and and just having more reverence so trying to pause throughout my day and just touch on that gratitude and and yeah. recognize what's around me and how kind of amazing it is you know, whether it's the hot water in my shower, yeah. right? Like, oh, we have hot yeah. water. Like, how mm. nice is that? <laughs> like, this this wasn't, you know, this wasn't a reality. It might help that, um, you know, we're, my kids and I are studying some some history and we're, we're talking about, mm. like, early American pioneers and recognizing just how oh, challenging yeah. life was not, yeah. not too, too long ago. So, so yeah, so kind of turning those everyday moments that we pass by into something a little bit more mm-hmm. magical, yeah. so to speak. Um, the other, the other piece for me that sometimes I feel like I have a handle on, and then all of a sudden I recognize, like, oh no, mm. is yeah. uh, space, and it has a it has a lot to do with clutter and that balance between like. Um, you know, wanting to have like the thriving uh, home of, you know, arts mm-hmm. and crafts and things everywhere. And then like needing, the, right. needing it all to be cleaned <laughs> up. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so just thinking about, I, I feel like there's this cycle in my life where it's, I, I get into a mode where we're clearing and we're donating and we're removing things and it, you know, it gets to a part that's really good. And then, um, and then life happens and things change and grow and our attention is elsewhere. And then right now I'm at the stage where I'm like, okay, it's time yeah. to purge again. So those space space really was a chapter mm-hmm. that resonated yeah. with me quite a bit. And then community was the other one. Whereas I recognize I have, so we we're in a rural area, but we do have neighbors that are, you know, like, a few acres apart. Like there is a neighborhood here and I, we don't know, we know a few of them, but we don't know the majority of them. And last year I had, I wanted to do this last year, but then with everything that happened with the pandemic, this became quite difficult, but I wanted to basically make an invitation. I think there's like 19 mailboxes in around here and like, just put an invitation for a potluck at our house and just invite people to come and meet each other. I wanted to, I wanted to meet more people. So when I read the community chapter, I said, I really, really want to do that (laughs) somehow. So if if it be, you know, yeah, just to, to cultivate that community and, and help people be, Mm -hmm. you know, get to know each other. It's, it's a shame that we, I think in that, 
you know, you talked about it or Ellie talked about it, that idea that sometimes we have more interaction mm-hmm. with the people online in these digital worlds than we right. do with, just with our neighbors. And I thought, oh, I really, mm-hmm. really want to change that. And I think in this day and age, you know, recognizing it, it's, I think it's important for us to have relationships with each other, mm-hmm. with those who are close by who can help. Like we saw a lot of, a lot of mm-hmm. crazy stuff this past year and, you know, supply chains and different mm-hmm. things that can be affected. And so wouldn't it be good to have those yeah. relationships in place? So, so my mind started ruminating again. Yeah, on I how had a I neighbor that um, community. several years ago now, but they actually went like door to door and asked people if they would be willing to share, you know, put their address and their phone number and just their name on the spreadsheet and then they distributed copies and it had a map of the neighborhood, you know, kind of everybody's little plot of land and they were numbered. Like it was this whole key of this, like, you know, yeah. this, we, we live on this tiny, oh, wow. tiny little lake and there's a couple of roads that go all the way around it. So they just use that as kind of their focus point for this project. And so they, they handed, most people participated. Mm-hmm. There are a few people who didn't want to. Um, but so now we have this kind of this, chart <laughs> and all these names um so it's been super yeah. helpful I'm like I wonder who lives in this house and like just go to my chart and find them <laughs> so yeah. and my the other thing that's really been yeah. helpful for me in living in this rural area is like I run or I go for walks and I've had like I'm very introverted but I've had to force myself if I see somebody in their yard or walking toward me or whatever I'm like okay here we go we're going to stop and we're going to talk to this person. You tell them who you are, <laughs> ask them who they are. And that is literally why uh-huh. I know who I know because I forced myself to do that. Like it's not in my nature to introduce myself to other people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just scary. It's scary for me. You know, it's not a tiny thing, even though literally it is a tiny thing to introduce yourself. Um, yeah. But I'm so glad that I've made myself do that. because Now I know so many more people who live close by. So that that's I think that's why I chose that as a time Have it, I, <laughs> in the community chapter because I know it's effective. Yeah, and so many people don't do it. Yeah, I, well, I, and I loved your story in there too, just the relationship mm-hmm. that evolved yeah. with the new neighbor that had moved in. Right, you would you know then mm-hmm. started to go to tea together and and learn about each other, and then she right. was able to help when you guys were away, and and just mm-hmm. that relationship. Yeah. yeah, it's been really good. Is that, would you say that's the hardest Ooh. tiny thing mm-hmm. for you? That's probably up there. Yeah. Yep. Just because it's so, yeah. it's like not my natural inclination to do that. So it's something I have to be really intentional about. Like yeah. Going outside, like that's easy. Like that's easy for me to do. <laughs> but the going up to somebody I don't know, that's not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, the going outside right. sounds like you also have some help in your husband <laughs> yeah, too. He's like, sure. Hey, <laughs> well, I will say with the, you know, the pandemic and all that stuff, it has made introducing yourself to people you don't know, extremely challenging, you know? So I recognize that in this period of time, yeah. that is a hard, tiny thing for everybody <laughs> to do because you don't know how the other person, like yeah. what their comfort level is with that. And so it, it's been a weird time to try to do that. Certainly. Yeah. Um, how, 
we're as we're rounding out our our conversation here how did you and ellie divide up the chapters like how did you were there any that you're like oh i do not yes, want to write yes, about that or, um, <laughs> yeah i think we of grab yeah, the there ones <laughs> that we were feeling pretty confident about like Ellie writes a lot about spirituality anyway. So that was a given for her to do that. Take the lead on that one. Um, and mm-hmm. like nature for me, I was like, yep, that, that's my chapter. Um, but like style, we were both a little bit like, uh. yeah. And I was like, nope, I don't have style. Ellie, you got to do style. <laughs> um, so she got that one. <laughs> um, let's see. And I think like creativity, that one could have gone either way. But I think, yeah, they ended up being, yeah, um, they worked out how we, how we divvied them up. And well, I I should say at, so at the beginning of the the project, we each wrote an essay for each theme. So like when it started out, Ellie wrote the lead essay on space and I wrote a response to it. And then like, I wrote the lead essay for nature and Ellie wrote a response to it. And those ended up being combined ultimately to make the book as it is now um, but we both each wrote about every topic initially yeah. so that that helps with kind of developing the full narrative oh that's really neat well and I noticed I thought it was really interesting how you both wove each other's mm-hmm. thoughts into each chapter so when she would write her chapter she would say mm-hmm. you know Heidi has had this experience and and weave it in so I imagine yeah. those probably yeah, those came essays, from those essays now that you mentioned and yep you did that. yeah <laughs> lots of talking totally. about it yeah <laughs> no, so do you live near each other outside now? of the Minneapolis St. Paul area and Ellie lives in Beverly City okay so we're about an hour hour away so there would be opportunities. Yeah. So yeah. there would be opportunities to actually get together and mm-hmm. yeah. hash things out and, and do all of that. Um, if, if the style chapter was both of you kind of going, well, oh, I don't know. Like, how did you well, choose I think that it topic? Ultimate, well, let's see. In that initial back when we were very, when we very, at the very beginning of figuring out the themes, um, I think another person may have thrown out the idea of style. Um, it's hard to remember all yeah. that stuff, but yeah, it was in that it, it just came out of, you know, conversations with some of those, actually those uh, original five or six women who started talking about enough, I think, because we had some conversations about, okay, what is, yeah. what is enough when it comes to personal style or what is, what even is style? <laughs> so <laughs> but we did land yeah. on you know okay I like when we um, started you know talking about style and I was like oh I don't have style it came out that yes I do have style it's just not necessarily fashionable <laughs> style everybody has a style you know <laughs> well everyone has a style or yeah. or sort of intentional the way we think about it I really enjoyed that chapter and I feel like there's the at the end, near the end, there's a, a line that I think summarizes a lot of what you talk about in the book, but 
writing the alignment in style is about valuing mm. beauty enough yeah. to build a beautiful yeah. life. And I loved that line. And I feel like the, the book itself, all of these tiny things, all of the intentionalness of it, it's about valuing them enough to, mm-hmm. to make them beautiful, yeah. to make them yeah. yours. Right. Mm-hmm. And taking that time to do that. So I don't know. I think the style. Yeah, absolutely. Of, when you think about it, it summary. really ties everything together. Nice. You know, the, well, the invitation to alignment, you know, it's lining up yeah. all the aspects of your life to fit, you know, to, to really be who you are. Yes. Oh, I love that. This was so good. I so appreciate you taking some time to talk about this. Do you have any other thoughts on the book or, or anything else that you want to share before? Well, I would just invite, you know, everybody listening to try on some tiny things. You know, you can go to our website and look at some of the ideas and um, you know, of course, pick up a book at your library if you, if you don't want to buy a copy, but buying copies is great, too, of course. Um, and on the website, we have tons of free stuff. Yes, I mean, well. I, I, if you want to visit 12tinythings.com, 12 the number, tiny things, there's a whole section of resources. Like there's a calendar and there's a kind of a study guide, there's some resources for educators. So there's all kinds of tools that, that folks can use on there as well. Yeah, there's some great resources on there for sure. Um, the, I, I always, I love our library. I use our library all the time, but I would recommend actually getting this book. I have so many underlines yeah. and dog-eared pages and things like, it's just, it's gonna be a companion that I think you'll want to come back to. So yeah. I do recommend we'll mark it up. grabbing a copy. Oh, and we did just release a That's workbook as well. Opinion. If there are any <laughs> books out up. there who are like bullet journalers or just really like to like prompts and things to get you thinking, we just released a kind of a companion workbook. To yeah. 12 tiny things in it. Oh, that made me, sure. that made me think of, of one more question yeah. um, before my final question, but one more question when I, I, this book lends itself, I think, so perfectly to a book yeah. group, people going through it together, having those conversations and and really digging in. I was curious if you, when you're writing this book, did you have visions of that? And because I, I vacillate between, mm-hmm. I think about doing it with our group and I'm like, okay, usually we pick like a book a month or things like that. But like this book, I... I Mm-hmm. I feel like you could take a chapter a month, well, like, but is so, a year too long for a book group? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like I, so I've know. seen it. We keep well, it hasn't up? been a whole year yet, so I can't say I've seen a whole year come to fruition, but there are groups right. doing it, taking a chapter a month um, and, and doing it that way. So that is going on. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. have seen, we have a 12 week kind of study. It's geared toward churches, but anybody can use it. Of course, if you don't want the churchy stuff, you can just delete the Bible verses. Um, but so doing it in a yeah. 12 week time period can be really helpful. So you do a chapter a week. Um, that model seems to work pretty well. Um, and then I just attended a book group. They, you know, they read it in a month and we had a great conversation, you know, just folks who, who took a month and read the whole thing. So I think it can work in lots of different lots of different ways. Mm -hmm. And I think it does work like that because it evolved out of conversations like that, 
you know, it is what it is because we were talking about these ideas first. So it's, it's a great book for discussion. Right. Yeah. yeah, and just continuing these conversations because they are so interwoven and complex and interesting. And, and like we mentioned in the beginning, they're going to evolve with us. So I would highly recommend the book if you, if anybody has Okay, them, go for it. <laughs> um, before I forget, 12 yep. Tiny Things has an Instagram page, right? Is it, it just is. at yep. 12, yep. 12, 12 Tiny Things, things. the yeah, number? On Facebook, at 12 Tiny okay. Things. Um, and then Ellie and I are both on there as well, but you can find us Perfect. through those channels. Yes. And I love all the things that you put out. So yeah, just as you know, I keep hearting everything. Good. <laughs> all right. Last, last question for today. Um, what are you reading or listening well, to read a lot right stuff. now? <laughs> but I just finished, um, to Shake the Sleeping Self by Jedediah Jenkins. It's about. Oh, is that, is that the, yes. that's his story yes, about from, traveling down from Oregon the coastline, Arizona. right? Love. Yeah, it was really good. I, I enjoyed that. A yeah, lot. amazing so story. That book. And I'm also right now I'm reading a book called In Real Life by Chris Stedman. It's about finding meaning in our digital lives. So I'm about halfway through that. That's also been really helpful. I would recommend those too. And I also just read The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna. That's a novel. But when you were talking about all the like pioneers and stuff, like it was, it's about the Dust Bowl era and the stuff that they lived through mm -hmm. is just incredible. <laughs> so it, it was really, it was a good book as well. Oh. I think I have that on my, mm -hmm. on my library holds list. Like I think it came across like, yeah. like our library yeah, recommendation. I so I think that's coming. That's it. That's... Yeah. Thanks for having yeah. me. Well, this thank you so much, Heidi. Conversation. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Well, I hope, I hope it can continue. I know that it will be continuing in, my real life with my friends. I'm yeah. definitely bringing this book to them and saying, okay, <laughs> book club time. This will be a good one. There's so many of the topics and ideas we talk about, but I just love, good. I love the way it was well, put cheers, together. So cheers to the exceptional life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. yes. It's a good cheers. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Hi friends, thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share with others. A movement is not a movement without people. At the very least, we hope that we bring ideas that make us think and ponder and just question our assumptions. And at the most, we hope we empower others to create their lives living above, down, inside out. Thank you as always for listening and we'll see you next time.